welcome to the Purposed Marriage Podcast. If you are in a marriage that is damaged or broken and think all hope is lost, we invite you to listen in to today's broadcast. We pray that through this ministry, you will find biblical encouragement and instruction that will lead you and your spouse to a closer walk with the Lord and each other. God can and does heal marriages no matter how desperate or impossible the circumstances may appear to be. And now, here is today's episode. Hello and welcome to another broadcast, another edition of the Purposed Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Larson. With me, as always, is my wife, Amy Larson. Amy, say hello to everyone. Hello, everyone. Yes, we are here. Uh, we are alive and well. I know some of you have probably been wondering, <laughs> where did they go? What's happened? Did the ministry fold? Has something terrible happened? I can assure you, no, we are still here. We've been uh, quite busy the past couple months since our last broadcast. A lot of things going on. Yes. Uh, I will let my my lovely wife, my lovely bride, go ahead and share with you some of the things that we've been up to. Well, one of the things that we have been up to is uh, planning and preparing for a potential new home build, which is huge. So my father is getting older, and after my mom passed away, we were looking for um, a way to have him live closer to us. And so after talking that through... We have a family farm, not very far from where we live now, and so we are in the process of figuring out dividing the land and having two homes on the property um, for our home and then for my father's home, and um, that has been (laughs) a very, very long, drawn-out process. Well, and it will continue to be a long process until we actually get in. Uh, But I do want to bring up the fact that this is something that has happened that uh, more or less serves to be the the cherry on top of the sundae. You know, when you're thinking about restoration, will God uh, one day restore my marriage? How could he do this? What will it look like? And uh, when I was in the depths of despair, there was no way I could have envisioned what the Lord had in store for us. And so the idea now that we would actually move from this home uh, to uh, another place that would be uh, custom-built for us with ministry in mind and a place for Amy's father, uh, that isn't something I was able to dream up. Uh, And uh, it's something that the Lord has certainly... uh, He's given us the vision for how we want to uh, use our ministry, live out our lives, uh, provide a place for our our children to grow up in, and of course take care of our uh, father, uh, Amy's father. Uh, you know, when he gets older, as opposed to you know sending him to a nursing home, we want him to be with us. You right. know, when when he gets to be that age where he's not able to manage for himself, and so. That was, if he ever gets to that age, he's very, very active. Yeah, he is. He's actually in very good health. And uh, uh, his mom actually lived well into her 80s. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so Almost 90. Yeah. And so um, we're pretty confident that he's going to be around with us for, for quite a while. And so we want him to certainly be comfortable while he is. Uh, but in the event that uh, his health takes a turn for the worse, we want to be uh, the ones who are caring for him. Right. And so having us be able to all live in close proximity to one another on the same property, uh, that will be a, a, a big help Yeah. as far as taking care of that. Well, I think also having him there, he is, or he was, a master gardener, a beekeeper. Um, I mean, he's like a jack of all trades. He can do just about anything. And so we're excited for him to um, help you know, train our children and teach us some <laughs> some new... I hope to <laughs> learn to be not as big a dunce. 
<laughs> Maybe acquire some skills. Some, some life some pra skills. practical skills. Very practical Things skills. that actually serve to help my family and, and myself. And what's really cool, just tying this into restoration also, he has an old Pontiac from the 40s. And my, um, my dad's held on to it for a while. And our oldest son has been begging for him to restore it. So I think my dad's going to hold on it, hold on to it a little longer in hopes that they will restore this old car back to its original condition. So that's, you know, that's really fun too. I'm sure they'll do a good job. Uh, certainly much better than I ever got my hands on it. I can't imagine <laughs> what it would look like. What year did you say that was? I want to say it's a 1941. 41. I believe that's yeah. the year. Okay. Yeah. Country was in the midst of war. Yes. World War II. Yeah. So we've got that going on. We also have um, the other ministry, the divorce ministry that we have been working with at church. Yeah. And that's been... Um, well, actually, there was a lot of preparation for that to get us ready uh, for that ministry. And that's, I would say that's been going well. Uh, we've been meeting on Wednesday nights there at the church. And mm -hmm. um, we've been working with some others that come from different backgrounds than Amy and I do in terms of experience as it relates to right. divorce. Right, separation, so bringing, divorce. Yeah, bringing different perspectives to the table. And so that's that's been helpful. And um, it's been good. It's been very good so far. Yes. And uh, we hope that continues uh, in addition to that ministry. Well, of course, we've had to live our lives with our children and getting them back in school. They've been uh, actually going back now full time. Uh, we have been on a, I think we've mentioned this before, a staggered schedule and uh, where we're at uh, outside of Knoxville. Uh, the school district has decided to go ahead and bring everybody back, and that's been the case now for the past several weeks. Right. And so, although uh, we've been on fall break, right? Um, and that's another thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, I mean, <laughs> you're looking for something to talk about. Yeah, you really want to find out what's happening in our lives. Yeah, get me started on a story about camping. I'm not going to do that though. Uh, <laughs> I'm switching gears here quickly. Uh, we went from school. We went, we went camping on fall break. Um, we usually do that, and I shared a little bit about that. Yeah, this is um, the fourth year in a row that we've been able to go, and we started this tradition actually uh, when we were restored. Right. Right at the beginning stages of our restoration. Yeah, well, before we had actually remarried, um, I think was our first trip, and it was, you know, I shared that God really used that time and those memories that we made to help me see that this is the path that God had for us and that those precious memories, um, you know, were memories that we could continue making together as a family. And so that was, I feel like that that was a big catalyst that, that God used. Yeah. And I, in, in the times of our separation and divorce, these were the sorts of things that, you know, the Lord impressed on my heart in terms of how I'm wanting to spend time with the family uh, should we be reunited. And of course, I believed in my heart that uh, we would. Uh, camping was one of those things mm -hmm. and being able to go out and to uh, partake in God's creation, His wonderful creation. And uh, what's a better place to experience that than in the great outdoors? And we're, of course, right next to the Smoky Mountains All in right. East Tennessee. Uh, the Great Smoky National Park, Great Smokies National Park. And of course, we were at, we weren't in the Smokies. We were actually in the. Um, we were in Cherokee National. Cherokee National. Time. Yeah, that's what one great thing about where we live. We have so many beautiful places where we can go camping and hiking, and we're right in the foothills of the Smokies, so we can be just about anywhere in about forty-five minutes to an hour. Well, and it's really an affirmation of, of one's faith when you're out there and you're able to see and experience God's creation. And when you think, man, I, there's no way my marriage can be restored. Well, tell that to the creator of the universe right? <laughs> who put all this before us uh, for his glory. He most certainly can. 
Well, I think we've given enough <laughs> background information as far as what we've uh, been able to do. I will go ahead and give a little teaser. That is to say that um, we're we're doing this podcast here. We have several that are several several shows we've decided on that uh, we'll be releasing with uh, increased regularity. Uh, took the time to go ahead and plan some of those out, and so yeah, I think we uh, have planned through Christmas. Yeah, through Christmas. Yeah, yeah several. Uh, I want to say seven or eight uh, ones. So you all can, if you subscribe or look forward to. Uh, hearing from my wife and myself, you can have those to look forward to. And we certainly hope and pray that those will be a, a benefit and blessing to you as you continue to stand for your marriage. But we wanted to go ahead and hit on today's topic. In the name of the episode, You Are Not Alone, uh, was inspired by Joshua 1.9. And Amy, you'll see that in our show notes. So if you would go ahead and uh, read, that, read that for us, please. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous, do not be frightened and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Okay, so here we are told what to do. Be strong and courageous, and then what not to do. Do not be frightened or dismayed. Let's go ahead and zero in on that last part if we can, because those fighting to save their marriages are likely in a place where constant fear and sorrow is ruling in their hearts and minds. Now in context, uh, this passage, this verse is speaking about Joshua, who was about to lead the children of Israel into the Promised Land. And to do this, he needed to draw his strength from the Lord and not from whatever power he had stored up inside of him. And that's where I think some of us make a mistake. Uh, And when we tend to give up is because we say, and we come to the conclusion, we can't do this right. on our own. And it's usually at that point when we recognize that, all right, we have to tap into God's power. God, you have to take this burden. You have to bear this burden for me and help me right. because we cannot do it alone. Yeah, and that's a lot of times when we see God working the most. Right. Exactly. Well, many have heard this verse, but the verse prior to this is the key to understanding how this power transfer Works. So how do we actually tap into this uh, power? Uh, and if we look at Joshua 1.8, let me go ahead and read that for us. And this is uh, obviously right before Joshua 1.9. The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. So the command here for us today is to immerse ourselves in the Word of God. And that means reading it daily, meditating on it, obeying its commands, and trusting in its promises. And we are assured that doing so will lead to our prosperity and success. Now God tells us He will be with us wherever we go because He is there fighting for us, strengthening and equipping us. We should not be afraid. Um, Let me just ask you, did you ever feel like you were alone or that God wasn't with you during our separation and divorce? Uh, Yes, yes, very very much so. Uh, Early on, uh, I felt completely abandoned. And I'll tell you that the reason I felt so alone at the early stages was because my focus was on you, okay, and my wife. Right. I don't have my wife. That is gone. I've been abandoned. And so if I'm focusing solely on what I don't have, of course I'm going to feel uh, as though I've lost everything. Right. Right. That was my sole focus. Now, you know, as time went on, the Lord gave me great perspective and was able to deal with that more effectively. But, uh, yes, I felt... uh, entirely alone, um, completely forsaken. Uh, you know, the person that uh, I had pledged my life to, uh, even though I hadn't been living as though I had done that for many years uh, prior, uh, suddenly <laughs> didn't want to have anything to do to me. And we joked about this the other day. Uh, you'll remember when, uh, I think it was one of the 
last nights before uh, we started being separated, um, I told you that I loved you, and you didn't say anything. And I said, well, you don't love me anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I love you as a human. <laughs> I love you as a person. Yeah, or as a human or something. No, like that's it. what you said. As a person. You said, no, I... I you couldn't you couldn't bring yourself to saying well I love you too and I love you as a person <laughs> as opposed to a dog I'm, or... I'm, I'm I'm normally pretty sarcastic and I'm glad that I I wasn't right then now we can uh we can discuss it now but you know I thought to myself what what on earth does that any mean <laughs> As opposed to what a pet dog, yeah, or, you know, to... livestock living in the field, or <laughs> yeah. the, I the love chair you as a person. <laughs> yeah, little little side note there. Uh, yes, completely abandoned to get back on track there. Yeah. Um, but and, later on, that well, changed around. Yeah, later on, uh, as I said before, that changed because I was spending so much time in the word, and that was. Uh, that was shifting my focus from Amy uh, to Christ, my Creator, mm -hmm. uh, the the one who should be occupying the most amount of my time. Right. So you would say that your perspective really changed, not it, it was, not really anything outwardly, so to speak, just your perspective and your heart was changing. Well, the Lord was renewing my mind and changing right. my mind. He was doing that. Because I was feasting on the Word of God, right? So it, it wasn't as though I, I, I came about this uh, uh, newfound sense of fulfillment on my own. That had to, those seeds had to be planted inside of me. They had to be cultivated and nurtured, and mm -hmm. that was the Holy Spirit doing that. So as those things were taking place, uh, my mind and my heart was changing. The Lord was giving me. Uh, great new perspective and so a transformation uh, it was a transformation and so the sense of loneliness that I had experienced uh, early on uh, was was being diminished over mm -hmm. time mm -hmm. I was drawing my fulfillment from God and I knew that he was close to me at all times so therefore I wasn't I wasn't as lonely 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 as I was before. And you know, I actually recognized that in you and that's what, that's, I mean, it was actually very attractive. Um, like why, you're, you're not sad all the time. What's, you're supposed to be sad right now because I've dumped you. <laughs> right. But, but it was, it was different though, because, you know, at a point there was so much focus on me and it was just like, and, and you weren't badgering me. I mean, but it felt like, Oh, would he just stop? Would he just leave me alone? And at one point, it's like, oh, wait, he's leaving me alone, but but he's happier. And it wasn't because you had, you know, found someone else or anything like that. It was that you truly were being fulfilled by God's word, and I could actually see that in you, and that was very attractive, um, you know, to me. Mm. Well, you were relying on your own strength as you pursued the divorce, correct? Yes, absolutely. Right. Uh, you also felt very alone at times. Mm -hmm. uh, do you think your loneliness was a result of your running from God and not doing what was contained in His Word? Oh, absolutely. I mean, there are plenty of times in my life where I have been alone. Um, I mean, I've, I've traveled the world alone um, oftentimes I've lived in different countries, different, you know, been around different people, lived in different nations. Um, oftentimes where I was, you know, in a, in a location where I was secluded or there weren't other quote unquote Americans um, or foreigners around me. Uh, so, you know, there's a difference in, in being alone and being out of the presence of God. I know what it, I know what it's like to be alone and to have, you know, just the desire to have people around you. But this was very different. This was a loneliness. This was an emptiness 
because I was not fulfilling my role, um, you know, as a, as a godly wife, as a godly mother, uh, I was longing for something that was not holy, was not righteous. And in my pursuit of my own agenda and my own plans and my own desires, which quite frankly was just to get as far away from you as possible, I mean, I became empty inside. I became very lonely. And, you know, when I would cry out to God, I mean, I knew He was there, but for so long I had you know, started turning away from the red flags. Like I had quit listening to the Holy Spirit. I was diminishing that. And as time progresses, you know, these little alarm bells that go off when you're running from God, they weren't as loud anymore. Um, It's like I had, you know, put a snooze button on them permanently And so I could no longer hear or see the red flags. And, you know, I would cry out to the Lord and, you know, wonder where, where is he? Why isn't he listening to me? Why isn't, why isn't he helping me? And truly he was the whole time I was crying out. He was helping you stand strong and hold fast to his word when I was not. And so you know, I always saw it as God just wasn't there and he wasn't answering me and he wasn't listening to me, but he was. It, it wasn't the way that I thought he would answer me. It wasn't the way that I thought he would be there for me. Um, but in fact, he absolutely was showing up every single day and he was keeping me from harm when I was pursuing you know, my own agenda. He was keeping me away from harm because there are plenty of times that I can see now very clearly where he protected me. Um, But again, he also was helping you stand strong and you were continually pursuing him. And in the end, your pursuit for godliness and for restoration became very attractive to me and that's actually what brought me back to the Lord is it helped to see you pursuing that and the wholeness and the, the beautiful picture of, um, you know, just Christ's example through you, you know, not, not that you were, you know, this isn't to elevate you and place you on a pedestal, but I truly for the first time saw Christ reigning in your life. And that is, it's a beautiful thing to witness. And so I wanted that. Um, and so, you know, eventually that brought me back, um, to, to the Lord. It brought me back to his word. It brought me back to the realization of the promises that I had made that, um, you know, I needed to fulfill my covenant. And so that, you know, for me, um, that, that, I think that that's the difference in being alone and then having emptiness and loneliness. Um, you're not going to (laughs) find, you're not going to find peace and comfort, even though it may appear that way. Cause I'm sure to you, I appeared to be super happy and wonderful. and Well, I, I, I saw through that. I mean, and I knew those things were temporal and they wouldn't provide any uh, lasting happiness or joy. It was sort of like, uh, go ahead, go have your fun. It's not going to last forever. Right. Uh, I, I was saddened by it because I knew that you were continuing to pursue things that would not bring fulfillment. Right. Uh, but, but eventually, but eventually, yeah, the Lord, you learned your lesson. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, again, I can fully see how God protected me and he was there with me, just not in the way that I had thought or hoped. Um, so for you, Tommy, can you provide an example of when you felt completely alone 
and another where you strongly felt God's presence? Yeah, I can think of a uh, a couple times. And uh, and I have in our my notes here. Uh, I have a couple listed, but there's actually one I'll mention that happened prior to these two, and it was when I was temporarily staying at a friend of mine at the time's house, uh, and uh, oh, I I told him I, I needed to get out of the house for a few days. Uh, we were going through some issues. I said it's just temporary, uh, but we need to be. Uh, separated just to get a little uh, breathing room, which even those things right there is it's pure nonsense. Now, if you're if you understand what's really going on, those are more or less just excuses. Um, in in our case, in our for case, sure. yeah. yeah. Uh, and so I remember. I think it was the uh, the second day I was there, and it was boy, it was terrible weather. This was. Uh, going to be February or March, maybe. Probably, yeah. yeah. And it was it was so cold, and it was freezing rain was coming down, mm-hmm. and I mean it was gray outside. And I remember, after having uh, woken up the next morning, uh, I I went to my car and uh, I started it up, and I was just obviously all by myself, and then it all just hit me. Uh, what I was experiencing right then was more real uh, in, in terms of the separation, the loneliness, the anxiety, uh, the fear. Uh, it all came to a head right then while I was in that car. And I just, I literally sat in the car screaming, crying out in agony because I, it's like I sensed what's, what was coming. Mm-hmm. And I, I knew I was powerless against it. Uh, and it wasn't like arguments we had, you know, in the past where, you know, you you let a little time go by, you work through it. Uh, no, this was different. This was like, no, this is this is serious. This is serious right here. And I knew I was in trouble, and uh, it was very fearful. So yeah, at that moment, I felt very very alone. Uh, maybe a month and a half, two months later. Um, I felt like I was being, well, after I had moved out and had an apartment, I came over to see uh, Amy and the boys. This was unannounced. This was not a wise decision on my part. Um, And I was getting, I was allowing um, some anger to be built up. I was was starting to resent some of the things that you were doing, uh, some of the little games that were being played. and I really didn't like it. And so uh, I, I sort of took this for that day, this approach, well, I'm just not going to put up with this stuff. I'm not going to put up with this, these games anymore. So I'm going to go over there and um, it's my house. Uh, if I want to go in the house, I can. Even though I had said, no, I'm going to respect the fact that you were here with the boys. Um, but I let my pride get in the way of uh, what should have been my intentions and uh, I came over and Amy had put this uh, this ticked me off <laughs> it was just it was it was just another wall the frost that had yeah the frost on the uh, near the front door yeah so you couldn't see, couldn't in, see so in. I couldn't see into my own house all right and uh, that bothered me sort of triggered me a little bit and so I I came to the front door she wasn't answering wasn't knocking I, I was knocking. She wasn't answering. Rather, I should say, called. She initially wouldn't answer the phone. Then she did. Uh, they said, "Go away." Uh, and if you don't leave us alone, uh, I'm going to call. I think you said you were going to call the authorities to have me removed. Yes. Uh, and I mean, I wasn't. My intent was to not start anything in terms of violence in a domestic. A type situation. I mean, I, I was getting tired of having the door closed on me, and her avoiding any direct confrontation in terms of let's talk about this. See, the door was was closing fast, and I knew I just had a small window if I was right. going to try to save the marriage. 
And every time I try to have the, the conversation with you about what's really taking place, where are we going, what is happening here, you would at all costs uh, avoid those situations so that I wouldn't have an opportunity to speak any truth to you. Right. Right. And so. Uh, and at this particular moment, you actually tried the back door. Right. You so, are going to right. come in yeah. regardless of. Yeah. Well, 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 I, I thought, well, I can't get in the front door. I'll, 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 I'll go to the back and see if I can just come in that way. And uh, uh, so I, <laughs> the, the gate, that was another thing. She put a, a, a deadbolt on the, it wasn't a deadbolt, it was just a regular lock yeah. on the door leading into the backyard. And that hadn't been there in, in the past. So I'm thinking, right. now, now I can't even get into my backyard. So I hop that fence, go into the uh, back porch, and uh, my name, Tommy, my name is Tom. At that point, I'm, I'm going up to the, the back door and I'm looking in my house. Uh, I, at that point, became a peeping Tom because I was peeping into <laughs> your, own, into, your, your yeah, house. into yes. my own house, yeah. Uh, and, um, and knocking on the door. So, I mean, the, there right, was right, legitimate right. And reason. So then you, you, called, you called me back and, uh, at, at that point and said, you need to leave now. And after that conversation, I just stepped back and I fell to my knees and I, I felt more alone uh, than I'd ever felt before. Just a low, low point in my life, thinking this is my home and I'm, I, I can't even go. It's like I've been locked out completely. Right. And so uh, I left without incident. Oh, right. I mean, uh, he immediately left. And I, I think there was a realization of, I th and correct me if I'm wrong, but it was like, at that point you realized, wow, I really am trying to control all of this. And this, there was a realization, this is completely out of my hands. I truly have to just give yeah, this over I'm gonna, to the I'm going to have to let the Lord work uh, this intervene right. because uh, the enemy has put up, um, put in place a strategy to deny anything uh, that I might do to combat the situation right uh totally shut out and so uh yeah that was that was tough that was very tough i remember coming back to the apartment after that and uh, my dad was staying with me at the time he actually flew in uh, because he knew how hard this was on me and mm -hmm. i think he spent a week with Let's me see. and i came mm -hmm. back into the apartment and i just uh uh, I walked in, and right as you walk in, our steps going up, upstairs, and I just I collapsed on the stairs, just bawling and crying, saying it's it, it's over. This is, I've lost everything. And my dad came to me, and um, you know he just put his arms around me, and he was teary too, and he said, he, you know, he's so sorry. And I was just, I was torn up. I I remember it like it was yesterday, uh, the despair and hopelessness I had and sort of a sense of abandonment, not just from you, but, you know, I felt like, God, where are you? Right. You know, this is, this, I've lost everything now. And I think at that point you really did think, okay, there's no return from this. Like there's no way our marriage is going to be restored no. after this incident. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Um, there's nothing that I can do that's going to prevent <laughs> right. God from doing what he intends on doing. Exactly. And so that was good counsel that actually was shared with me uh, by our uh, associate pastor at the time, who I'd been uh, meeting with. You know, he said, he calls me Tom. He said, Tom, you don't, don't let this fear uh, rule in your heart and mind. This was a mistake. Uh, you shouldn't have handled things the way that you did, but this cannot prevent God from restoring your marriage. Right. This isn't... Uh, we are not more powerful no, than the Lord. <laughs> no, If he wants to, he can. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then the other thing, uh, the time I'll, I'll, I'll bring up here is, is at the, uh, the motion hearing. Uh, uh, this was, um, you know, I, I went in there and I was standing in front of the judge and I gotta say, it was uh, there was a quick shift in my emotions, but when they called me up, uh, and I stood there, 
going up there, right as it was beginning, I felt very, very alone. Everybody's looking at me. The judge is looking at me. There's people behind me. And I clearly was not present. You weren't there. Right. Right. You, you're having your lawyer represent me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Do your bidding, so to speak. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I was not represented. I was representing myself at the time, and so uh, I felt very, very alone. But uh, the Lord gave me a, a real peace and a confidence. Uh, very shortly after I, I uh, got up to speak, and I was able to look clearly at the judge, and he made eye contact with me. We were speaking directly to one another. Uh, I was not intimidated. I was not scared. You know, your lawyer's over here. Mm -hmm. And as I shared with the judge, saying, I, I don't want this marriage ended. I love and I care for you. And um, he was sympathetic to that. Right. And so I, I felt God's presence right then and there. Um, and this was moments after I felt so Completely alone. Completely alone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, it, <laughs> I actually left that hearing feeling victorious because the judge said, I'm going to give you three more months. You never know what could happen in three months. Right. Uh, he's seen it before. And I knew this frustrated your attorney at the time because I, I looked <laughs> over that he, me. well, he didn't even think that I was going to show up. And right. this was, in his opinion, I'm sure yours, this is going to be a lickety split uh, procedure here. We're going to move on. But that wasn't the case. And he was uh, sort of going through his papers. He seemed like he wasn't prepared for any of this. And he was, right. he was powerless to uh, get things to move faster because the judge had already ruled. Right. And so... Uh, yeah, I, I went very quickly from feeling all alone to feeling like God was advocating for me, and I, He was there with me during that fight. And He was always with me. Exactly. But in terms of our emotions, it's really a matter of what are we going to believe? What are we going to choose to believe about mm -hmm. God's presence? Right. Are we going to believe the doubts that enter our, our mind, sometimes that are planted there by the enemy to get us to give up, stop standing for our marriage? Or are we going to dig deep into the Word of God and know and fully understand that God will never leave us or forsake us? He right. is always there. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm going to throw it back to you, so, Amy. What what example can you give that highlights a time when you felt God's presence in a big way? This could be any time during the separation or even the restoration. Right. Yeah. This was, I think, the most powerful moment where I absolutely felt like God was with me. I mean, there is no doubt. I know exactly when that moment was. And it is when we did the cardboard testimonies. Um, and I think that Fill you... Fill us in for those listeners who don't have any don't idea what, they're what, you're, about, right? what you're talking about right so now. So we were asked um, by our church to be a part of one of the Christmas, uh, it's like a Christmas. It was a component of the Christmas program. Right. Cardboard testimonies. It's done at many churches during the uh, holiday season. And right. And I mean, I love the, the idea of it. So you have a piece of cardboard and on one side of the cardboard. Big piece of cardboard, like a poster. So everyone right, can see. Right. So everyone can see it. Um, and, you know, everybody said one thing, like, I know that there was a lady that was unable to have children and it said like childless and then on one side, on it one said side, childless, right. Mm -hmm. And then maybe she, like no hope, right? No hope, something along those lines. And then she flipped it over and moved the cardboard and sh was showing her very pregnant belly, which is awesome because she's one of my very good friends today. And at the time that I met her, I did not even know her. Um, so, you know, God um, blessed them with a beautiful baby boy, and she was pregnant at the time. Um, and it said, you know, uh, pregnant and full of hope. Um, so for our cardboard testimony, God um, used this event in a huge way for me because we actually were not uh, fully restored yet. We had not gone to 
the courthouse and got an hour uh, remarriage certificate. I, I want to say what it was like, though. It's as though you're going, you're driving down uh, an interstate and you're headed the opposite direction. You know you're going the wrong way. Right. And until you start going the other way, you know you're not going to get to where you need to be. And exactly. so at that point right there, it's as though God had taken the vehicle, picked it up, put it on the correct highway, right. going in the opposite direction. <laughs> and then which we, we were and, moving. Right. And then we were on our way. Yes. And so this was one of those pit stops right before the um, courthouse remarriage that we had or getting our certificate um, of, of remarriage. And so we were asked to be a part of this and um, on one side of our cardboard testimony, it was Tommy and he was up there by himself um, and it said divorced. And then... Well, yeah, it, did, it says something else though too. I know. A but, anger, Yeah, like divorced. anger, divorced. I think there were three things yeah. actually, but the main one being divorced. <laughs> yeah. And he flipped it over and it said restored marriage and... Restoration. I think it said restoration. Marriage restoration, we, I think. Because we didn't, it wasn't fully restored at the time, but it was uh, a dramatic change. Yeah, I think God. it said restored marriage or marriage restoration or something along those lines. Yeah. And at that point, um, Tommy, or the boys and I walked out to join Tommy and <laughs> give me a minute. <laughs> now Amy's getting a little emotional. It was an emotional time. It was a, a glorious Oh, it was occasion. glorious in and, every and way. And as I recall, when you came back out, now I'm starting to get a little emotional, and our children were with you. Uh, the boy, entire it, crowd it, stood up and applauded. Well, there was, a, there was an eruption, and it was out of a sense of just praise be to God. Oh, absolutely. That he did this. And it was it was well, people powerful. Were yeah, people were and witnessing those, a, a miracle. Right, and a, a lot of those people that were standing, and now some of them did not know our story, but many of them had walked alongside Tommy and were truly seeing me for the very first time, you know, knowing that they had been praying for our restoration, knowing that they had been pouring out their love on me, someone that they did not even know. Now they see me for the first time and I'm joining my husband who's holding a sign that says restored marriage. I mean, there was not just applauding. I mean, literally like, woo, you know, like it was a celebration, celebration. Yeah, and at celebration. that point, um, I'm pretty sure I lost it <laughs> on stage too, because, you know, we have of course had practiced, but we had not practice this in front of a live audience. And so, um, well, God it, used... it was a combination of the, the, the people out in the audience and the music and the atmosphere and right. everything came together. You couldn't, oh, it be, was beautiful. you couldn't prepare yourself for that. No, you, and so, you and really, of course, the Lord's presence at that moment, uh, it was overwhelming. It was overwhelming. Yeah. And so God used that instance to show his presence in a large way on multiple on multiple levels the first being that i am standing here alongside my husband with a sign that says restored marriage so it was as if god was saying hey just keep in mind you have broken your promises in the past and I'm going to hold you to these promises because again, keep in mind, we had not gone to the courthouse and, you know, been remarried yet. Um, so God used that for me to say, I'm holding you to this promise and I am restoring your marriage 
and you're not going to turn back now. You have stood in front of hundreds of people and shared that this is what I'm doing and I'm going to fulfill it. And you have to step out in faith and trust me and be a part of this process now. Yeah, it wasn't very long after that we did make it to the courthouse, but not... I think it was two weeks. Not not before Satan had, you know, was last-ditch efforts to try to sabotage things. Uh, They they didn't work, and so... Right. um, Yeah, thankfully that, that happened soon. So uh, after that, and so I think that that you know God used that to kind of show me, look, this is the path I have for you. You need to walk in my path and yeah. not veer off on your own. So He used that, um, but He also used the body of Christ to love me and love me well. I was very much an outsider coming in and everyone in our church was so loving. It was never like, oh, there she is. You know, she's the one that's been running the whole time. I mean, everyone was so loving and welcoming. So I think, you know, God showed his presence in a mighty way in the body of Christ too, to show me this is where you should have always been. Whenever it came down to it, You pointed your husband in the direction of the church and you ran, but I'm here to tell you, meaning God, I'm here to tell you that this is where you belong. And when you're hurting and when you're in pain, don't run away from the church. Don't run away from the body of Christ. Run towards the body of Christ. So those are two ways that you know, it's it's only one instant or one incident or situation where God showed His presence in a mighty way, but there were multiple levels to, to His presence, and I think the message that He was sending me through that that was more powerful than really any instance I can recall. Um, you know, since since then and before then, I mean, that was very powerful. And I knew at that moment, okay, you know what? God is restoring our marriage. It's not just we're going to restore our marriage. God is restoring. He has restored. Now I need to follow through with my part. Yeah. Well, let's uh, provide our listeners now with some verses, verses that... I think will encourage them if they're facing um, loneliness. These difficult times. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And Amy, I'll let you go ahead and uh, share the first verse there. Okay. The first verse is Isaiah 41.10. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Matthew 1, 23. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God is with us, God with us. And before you read the next one, I mean, that's, that's powerful right there, and I hadn't really thought of it until this. I knew that that's what it meant. Right. But in terms of what we're discussing now, just the name of Jesus, Emmanuel, that yeah. means you're not alone. Right. He is with his, you. His name means he is with you. Right. Right. right? That is very powerful. And yeah. I'm like you. I don't know that I've actually thought through that and and, and how it relates to, you know, our ministry. Um, that the next one is Hebrews 13, 5 through 6. Keep your life free from love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So you can confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Man or woman. So if you're thinking right now, my, my husband or my wife has it out for me. They're going to they're gonna destroy me. Take to heart this verse. Uh, no, the Lord is your helper. Do not fear what this person can do to you, God is going to be there with you. Right. He promises to never leave you or forsake you. Isaiah 41.10, 
Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Again, these are promises from God, so we should not be given into fear or be depressed um, or, or think that uh, God has forsaken us. That is not the case at all. Uh, he is going to be there for us. He continues to be. Uh, we are His children, and He loves and He cares for us. He's going to make sure that we are not cast aside. Last verse we want to read here, Matthew 28, 20. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. That's a pretty long time. <laughs> I was going to say, um, if you're ever doubting, like, well, when is he going to leave? Will he eventually leave me? Like maybe my spouse or partner, you know, no, he, he will never leave you to the end of the age. He will always be there. Yeah. And as I read that verse, uh, I was reminded of uh, one of my favorite movies. And it was a uh, miniseries that came out in the uh, 1970s of Jesus of Nazareth. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that, that final scene, he's with his disciples and they don't want him to leave them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, you know, they're all they're all huddled up together, and uh, I think it was, was it Peter was trying to convince the Lord, don't go, you know, stay with us another night, and you know, Jesus, he shared that with him, you know, that I am with you, uh, will always be with you to the end of the age, and it was so comforting. It's. It's burned in my memory, that, that last scene, and it was so powerful. If you've never seen that, that particular movie, Jesus of Nazareth from the 1970s, um, we don't know what Jesus exactly looked like. Right. You know, his skin, skin tone, uh, how exactly long his hair was. Uh, but it, at least for me, when I think of him, this actor who played him uh, did such a good job uh, with his facial expressions, especially uh, that ending scene. It was such a calming, mm-hmm. uh, a calming expression that he had, and the way he he spoke really touched me. Uh, and so, yeah, let's let's all do our part to take these verses to heart, and right. when we do, and believe them, uh, and believe them in our heart. That's right. Not given to fear. Well, uh, now's the time in our show when we want to mention and pass along some prayer requests that have been sent to us, and we've. We've had several that have come in, and uh, we're doing this because uh, we we believe that there's power in prayer. And for those who are listening, uh, we want to share these so that you're able to uh, pray these before the Lord as well. I think there's there's power in uh, more people praying, more petitions being offered before the Lord, where it's not just one person. And so, uh, if we can collectively do that. As a, as a body, I think uh, that would be a benefit. Now, uh, just a reminder, if you have a specific request you would like to have mentioned on our show, all you need to do is email us, uh, write to prayer at purposedmarriage.org, and be sure to put in the subject line, on-air prayer. That's how we know that this is a prayer request that you would like to to have read during one of our shows. All right, and so uh, I'll go ahead and I will share uh, the first one. We have three. Uh, This is from Isaac F. I won't provide the last name, but Isaac F. Uh, His message reads, I would like to pray that my wife Elaine ends her affair with a strange man and return back to God and me. I pray that we move into the new house she bought together as a family. I just pray God gives us new hope together, that we can love each other, forgive each other, and love God together. So thank you, Isaac, for sharing that. We want to uh, also thank you for standing for your marriage. And and for those who are listening, please remember to uh, pray for Isaac and for his wife, Elaine. if she is the one, she is the one running from the marriage. I pray that the Lord changes her heart, and that the Lord gives Isaac 
the perspective that he needs and that the Lord is number one in Isaac's life. Right. Right. Amy, what's the next one? This next one comes from Kieran W. Um, and she shared such a beautiful message about how that um, our podcasts and our posts have really helped her. So we really do appreciate you so much, Kieran, for sharing all of that with us. I mean, that just, you know, we obviously we don't do this for us. I mean, we do this for God's glory, but also in hopes that our testimony will help others. So it's always just wonderful to hear that our words of encouragement are helping others. So thanks for sharing that. Um, Her prayer request is, please pray for my husband, Jeff, and I, Kieran, and our seven children. Our family has been under attack for the last few years, and Jeff and I are currently separated and in the process of divorce. I pray this divorce does not go through, that my husband's heart and soul will reawaken to the Holy Spirit, and that he will see that there is hope and that restoration is possible. We have been married for almost 23 years and have seven children, five boys and two girls, ages 17 to 2. I cling to Jesus and to my marital vows. I always will. Thank you so much for all you're doing for us, Karen. Um, And oftentimes we, you know, share this uh, when others have written in asking, you know, of course, absolutely, we do not want to see the separation and divorce um, of a, of a home. I mean, God does not desire to see that. Uh, and we, we pray against that, that if at all possible, that that marriage will stay intact. However, we do also want to encourage our listeners to know that just like Tommy and I, we had, we went through the divorce process. We were fully divorced. We were separated and divorced, um, for nearly two years. And that there is, power um, in God's word to hold you fast, to keep you encouraged and to keep you prayerful for your spouse. And so we just pray that you will continue to pray for your spouse. I know Kieran is praying for hers. Um, And if it does go through, if the divorce is finalized, um, that, you know, there is still hope that God has the power to still restore that marriage. It might seem like the end as far as the world is concerned, uh, but that's not the case with God. Uh, certainly wasn't the case with us. I mean, just because the state said, you are divorced, you are no longer... Mm, right. That, no. that doesn't mean God can't restore it. No, and he, know, he can work through that. I mean, from... Um, from the ashes came beauty, right. and he was able. And you look all throughout Scripture of uh, difficult times where people had to endure pain and suffering and experience horrible things, but God used that in their lives, and He transformed them. And in many cases, hey, they received double portions of the blessings right. they had prior right. to experiencing right. those yeah, things. Yeah, like Job, perfect example, yeah. you know. I also just want to say um, to Kieran and all of our listeners who have children, you know, my, I'm going to get emotional again. Not again. (laughs) My heart just absolutely breaks. They have seven children. They've been very blessed to have have seven children. They've been very blessed. And I just know, I just want to say to Karen, know that God will give you all you need to love your children well through this. Um, And chances are that your husband may not be seeing the hurt in the children. I did not. I did not see how deeply my children were hurting as we went through this. I definitely became aware of it after God restored us. And, you know, there are, um, there are things that I absolutely regret. Uh, but I just, I pray that there, there isn't bitterness, um, built up toward your husband through this either. 
Uh, you know, I think as mamas, we often think, why can't, can't people see they're hurting our, you know, babies? But I did that. I mean, I was hurting our children and I didn't see it. You know, the, the enemy is very good at re, um, refo- making our focus, like refocusing us on other things and shifting our focus away from the Lord. And so I just pray that um, specifically right now that Jeff will see and know that um, these children are also in pain. And, um, you know, just my heart goes out to Kieran for, you know, raising these children and praying alongside them and helping them deal with and process the emotional side as well. All right. Thank you, Kieran, for uh, sending that prayer request to us. And we pray that you all will uh, lift her up. Our last one here we'll share comes from Matthew H. His message reads, I'm praying daily. My wife, Misty, talked to me but all she had to say was that she can't stay in a relationship knowing she wasn't truly herself. And before I continue that, that's that's another lie, and it's a deception of the enemy. Right. That is to convince somebody that they're not truly happy, or maybe they made a mistake, or... They shouldn't have gotten married they shouldn't in have the gotten, first place. Right, and that's just pure deception, and it sounds like that's exactly what... Uh, Misty is is dealing with there. She also said she could never be happy, and then because of that, I would never be happy. So, basically, doing him a favor. Right. Yeah. Which I, I'm, I did that. I, I'm preventing you from being right. happy. Right. Right. Yeah. Now you can move forward and be happy with somebody right. that you and truly deserve all, to be with. These are all lies yes, from the enemy. Yes, these are all lies from you the know, enemy. Just used on different people. It's the same lie over right. and over. Uh, she hasn't said anything else back even when I asked her who she sees herself as then. Uh, she's still pursuing, pursuing divorce as far as I know, but I'm still praying for her and her marriage. It's hard because she doesn't want to even discuss working on things and has refused even talking in person. Doesn't that sound familiar? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we have nothing to talk about basically. Right. Yeah. Uh, and some of you who are listening have probably heard these same things. Um, and they don't have any kids, so the thought of no type of communication to show how much God has changed me and helped is hard. And so I think that's uh, that that's that's difficult it's because you difficult. want your prodigal to see a change in you. Right. Um, and if you're limited in your interactions with this person, it's sort of hard for them to see those changes. Right. Uh, and maybe some of what God has done in your life to rub off on them. Um, don't be dismayed, though. Don't be dismayed. You are not the only one God can use. He can use anyone and anything, mm-hmm. any circumstance to reveal himself to your, to your prodigal. And so we'll pray to that end that the Lord will reveal himself uh, to Misty in some way that will um, get her to turn her life around right. and to believe the truth and to live the truth and right. to return to her marriage. So again, thank you, uh, Matthew, for, for sharing that. Uh, friends, at this time, let's go ahead and go to the Lord in prayer, and we'll go ahead and close out the show. We want to thank you uh, for listening. Uh, it encourages us when we hear from you. We are sad to read these uh, some of these prayer requests, but... Um, that's what the body of Christ is here to do, to help right. and, to, and to encourage. Mm-hmm. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, we thank you for this time that we can gather, Lord, where we can uh, share more about you and your word and, and the fact that you will never leave us or forsake us. Lord, for those who are uh, dealing right now with loneliness and the sense that they have been abandoned, uh, I pray that you would use the things that we've shared here, uh, Lord, to... Um, just make them more bold in their faith and their uh, their trust in you, Lord, that you are the uh, creator of the universe. You are someone who, uh, even in your infinite power and wisdom, uh, you have promised to always be there with us. You sent your son, uh, Emmanuel. Uh, God is with us. That is a promise. You will never leave us or forsake us. Lord, uh, comfort us when we are at our lowest. And I pray that you would... Uh, 
just protect us from the attacks from the enemy that seek to uh, undermine your word and to convince us that we should go our own way because you have abandoned us. You haven't. Those are lies from the enemy. And I pray that we would just put all our faith and confidence in you and your word. Uh, Father, for these prayer requests that were mentioned uh, today, we think of Isaac and Kieran and Matthew. Lord, they're different situations, but we, we know uh, that you have the power uh, to meet each and every one of these requests, Father, uh, for the spouses that have turned from you, uh, that are uh, living lives that are not honoring you. They're abandoning their vows. Father, I just pray that there would be breakthroughs and that uh, while you work, Father, that you would uh, just encourage and strengthen uh, those who are standing. Uh, for the children who are uh, suffering in the midst of this, Lord, I pray that you would uh, just provide the comfort and resources uh, that are needed to sustain and care for them, Lord. Mm -hmm. uh, Father, we, we thank you for your many blessings and how you uh, continue to provide for us day in and day out. I just pray that even during these, these trying times that, Lord, you will reveal yourself and make your presence known so that, Lord, that we would, be we would constantly be fulfilled as we put our faith and trust in you. Uh, once again, Lord, we, we love you. We thank you for the gift of your son. Go with us now. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Purposed Marriage Podcast. We hope and pray it strengthens and further equips you to remain committed to your marriage, no matter the condition or circumstances. For more information, and links to resources from our ministry, be sure to follow us on social media and through our official blog at purposedmarriage.org. If you have questions about standing for your marriage and desire to learn more about how to live biblically during times of trial and heartache, please reach out to us via email. The address is contact at purposedmarriage.org. Until our next broadcast, May God continue to strengthen and encourage as you pursue a Christ-honoring and purposed marriage.